Welcome to the Orange County Catholic Radio Show. Each week, we bring you compelling conversation with church leaders and laity, talking about the things going on in our diocese and discussing the important issues that impact the world around us. We're coming to you from our studios on the campus of Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. Here now to introduce our guest and today's topic is your host, Rick Howick. Welcome to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and with me today are a couple of members from an organization that brings life-giving water to people in a part of the world where that water is precious and hard to come by. We are talking to two people from an organization known as Wells of Life. We have with us uh, Patricia Doyle, who is a board member, and Pete Callahan, the president. Welcome to both of you. Good morning, Rick. Thank you. Good morning, and thank you. Good morning. And if, Patricia, if you wouldn't mind leading us in a brief word of prayer, I'm sure all of our listeners would be appreciative. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of us, your faithful, and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, Amen to that. and of the Spirit. Amen. All right. Well, first of all, I understand that Wells of Life brings water by creating wells in parts of Africa where it's it's very difficult to find clean water. Specifically, this organization's involved with Uganda, which is in the kind of the middle. If you were to look at Africa, it's kind of the, the middle right of Africa in there. Exactly. What can you tell us, uh, let's maybe start with Patricia, what can you tell us about the situation in Uganda and why it became so important to start such an organization as this? Well, in Uganda, and Wells of Life is specifically in, in the province of Buganda, and every 23 seconds a child dies from a lack of clean water. And... Unfortunately, the water is below ground. It's just that it needs wells for us to get to it. And so it's critical that we provide clean water and that we provide a well that can provide clean water. And the founder, Nick Jordan, through guidance from the Holy Spirit, I can only say from his story, started Wells of Life over 10 years ago. And there's now over 500 wells in in Uganda. Wow. So let me ask them a little bit about how this works. Pete, I understand that you have been involved with this for quite some time now, and you're now the president. You weren't always involved with this. In fact, you came right here out of Orange County as a lawyer. What got you involved with Wells of Life? I uh, ran into uh, Nick Jordan at a St. Patrick's Day party. I have represented the Diocese of Orange as their litigation council since the diocese was founded. And... Uh, so I've worked with all four bishops, and uh, I met this guy with a great Irish accent at a St. Patrick's Day party <laughs> that told me, if you give me $6,000, every penny will go to drilling a well in rural Uganda. And I said, that's uh, that's uh, startling. Uh, it's wonderful. That's, uh, that's baloney. You know, listen, pal, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you $6,000, and I'm going to go to Uganda and look for that well. And when it's not there, I'm going to come back. I'm going to put you in jail for a very long time. I'm going to close down your charity. What do you think of that? <laughs> and he kind of stepped back and looked at me and says, when can you go? And I said, well, uh, now realizing that uh, my green beer had put me in a big trouble here, <laughs> uh, I said, I can go in about four months. Uh, and he said, great. So you know, I went with a bit of a chip on my shoulder and very suspicious because the Western world has poured billions of dollars into Africa 
specifically for water and has very little to show for it. And uh, so I I went with the Uganda. I uh, took my uh, oldest grandson and my uh, my oldest daughter with me, and I came back and I told uh, my wife I've been practicing law at that point for 52 years, and I said I'd like to stop practicing law and uh, and dedicate the rest of my life to this charity because they're they're really solving the problem. Wow! Um, and so I, I I came aboard as a as a uh, a board member uh, like Patricia, and then uh, eventually I became the president. So that's what I do now, ninety nine percent of my time. Okay, so we're we're talking about a a fifty plus year career as a, a successful attorney in Orange County, and you gave it all up in order to help bring water to villagers in deep dark Africa. Or so the, that the is, image. That goes. is the story. As, yeah, as Patricia told you, once I got over there, I, I saw that one out of five children in rural Uganda dies before their fifth birthday. Let me say that again slower. One out of five dies before their fifth wow. birthday because of dirty water. Seventy percent of the hospital beds are filled with waterborne diseases, and this isn't something that, that has to happen, like earthquakes or something. This is this is something that can be solved. And why isn't it being solved? Well. This particular charity, uh, founded by, by Nick Jordan, goes in at the ground level and treats it at the village level. That we don't try and do the 10,000 foot, uh, solve the world's problems or solve Uganda's problems or even solve the problems in Mityana, Uganda. We go to a particular village. What's the problem in this village? And we solve the problem in that village. And we solve it fast, three or four months, as well as in, it's economical. It doesn't cost that much to drill a well. It's verifiable. We, we give the donors photographs and videos and GPS and urge them to visit. It's replicable because we can do it at the next village. But the most important thing is it's sustainable. Pat can tell you about our operation restoration. But most of the wells in Africa break in three to five years because they're not maintained. And there's a lot of wonderful charities that are drilling wells like crazy and then turning them over to the villages and, and, and moving on to the next village. And that well, when you come back in three to five years, is not working anymore because the culture to support it wasn't changed. That's why I got involved. Let's ask a couple of questions then about that. Now, sure. before we get there, Patricia, what got you involved in this story? I was, I have been involved for over 20 years as the uh, facilitator and, and shared director of the RCIA program, which is uh, adults studying to become Catholic at San right. Francisco Solano Parish in Rancho Santa Margarita. Okay. And about four years ago, I had a friend from the parish who was involved and is still is Patty Morris involved with Wells of Life. And she said, you need to come to this fundraiser we do, uh, the run for water on a Sunday morning in Laguna Niguel. And begrudgingly, I got up early and went. <laughs> One more fundraiser to do for for a Catholic charity. Okay, exactly. And I did it just for, because of my friendship and because she'd been bugging me so long. I I wanted to do it so she wouldn't ask me anymore. Anyway, I got to the fundraiser. I listened to to Nick to the other speakers. I heard what they were saying. And it touched my heart deeply. I think the Holy Spirit wanted me there that day because I went back and talked to my RCIA team. And I said, you know, we've been looking for something to pull our teaching together. We, we teach a lot of social justice in our program. And the word Catholic means universal. And we needed an outreach that would kind of 
help our people understand that it's just not San Francisco Solano or the Diocese of Orange, but we are Catholic yeah. around the world. Yeah. And, and we need to be aware of the situations around the world because we're all God's people. So our team agreed that we would um, form a team for the following year, the 2017 uh, Wells of Life. And we had Team RCIA, San Francisco Solano, <laughs> uh, was born through that. So when we started in the fall, we started talking to our our students that year and um, had Nick come speak to the class, and miracles started happening. Our goal was to get one well that year, to, to combine our, our efforts and give up things for Lent and do all kinds of small projects to facilitate that. We ended up at the Wells of Life, run for water, coming in with seven wells and becoming first wow. place. <laughs> and I That's can't take good. the credit. Like I said, yeah. that was just listening to the Holy Spirit and talking to people and people just writing checks. That's what it was. You know, I think... And seven, Go ahead. Seven wells is 7,000 people for the next 20 years. That's a lot of people that are going to be helped by this and are going to be um, healthier because of this. You know, I think a, a lot of us who are involved with uh, Catholic activity can sometimes become, oh, numb almost to some of the needs that the people have around us because we're surrounded by the United States in different ways, uh, in, in so many different ways all the time. Uh, and recently in the United States, we've had so much attention being paid toward inequalities and things in our own communities that we sometimes can forget that despite the fact that we have lots of problems and inequalities in our communities in the United States, there are parts of the world where where the poverty is such where they can't even get water, clean water. We're not talking about uh, inequalities of education or inequalities of of housing and whether or not your community 40 years ago was redlined. We're talking about people who are dying from diseases where if they just simply had clean water, they'd be able to survive. And we forget about that. And it sounds like this is a charity, and I, I guess, Pete, I'm going to ask you to to comment on this. This is a charity that allows us to step away from our own little echo chamber in the United States and really reach out to people who are genuinely, deeply, desperately in need. How would you characterize the needs of these people? I think uh, what I observed personally was that a decent life, a healthy life, a productive life starts with water. And, and without water, there's really no hope. And one of the things that impressed me about Uganda is it's a very Christian uh, country. 85% of the people there are Christian, 45% Catholic. But they are in such desperate need because if you don't have water, you simply die. Say, say, those, statistics, you, you, say those statistics again. How many Christian, how many uh, Catholics did you say? We're 85% Christian. Wow. Uganda is 85% Christian and 45% Roman Catholic. I've heard of the martyrs of Uganda. That's a... Yes. That is a, a... Wonderful shrine to visit. Yes. Wow. Yeah, the second largest Christian church in, in Uganda is the uh, Church of Uganda, which was the Church of England when uh, Uganda was an English colony, the Anglican. And we worked closely with them. And, and then there's a the scattering of other uh, Christian organizations. But these people are dying needlessly because the solution is there. It's just underground. Some kids are dying from, from drinking dirty water when the clean water is uh, 100 feet away, but it's, wow. it's straight down. And what I've seen is when we go into a village, 
and, and drill a well and sustain that well and teach the people how to do that, I've seen a 50% drop in infant mortality in the term I've been associated with since 2013, and, and a 50% increase in school attendance, particularly for girls. So we, we make a drastic change in their life. This isn't a, a calibrated improvement. This is a drastic, life-changing difference. Wow. Uh, it's, it's sustainable. So I, I would urge people to become involved and check our website, uh, wellsoflife.org, for more information. It's, it's there, and it's, it's a problem that's easily solved if we just take care of it. Well, in talking about drilling, I, I hate to use the pun, but we've barely scratched the surface on this particular <laughs> topic. When we come back, I'd like to go a little more into the nuts and bolts. I, I'd like, if you don't mind, uh, Pete, take us through what it is like to assess the situation, decide how to drill, drill the well, drill the well, and, and have it ready. Take us through that process. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. And with me today from Wells of Life are Patricia Doyle, the, one of the advisory board members, and Pete Callahan, the president. And they're telling us how this organization helps save lives by bringing clean water to people who don't have it and die because of it. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. We will be right back. to Orange County Catholic Radio, coming to you high atop the Tower of Hope in beautiful Garden Grove, California, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today is Patricia Doyle, an advisory board member for Wells of Life, and the president of Wells of Life, Pete Callahan. And Pete, if you don't mind, I'd like to ask you, uh, what is it like to put together a project like this? This seems to be a one-at-a-time activity. How do you go about installing a well in a poor community in Uganda that needs one? Oh, that's a very good question. I'm going to give you a little bit of a long answer, and, and that is we can't create water. But fortunately, Uganda has a very good water table, uh, and so the water is available in most places. The problem is it's underground, and so the people for generations have uh, walked uh, some distance to an open water source, a water pool, and they don't live near there because uh, of the disease and the animals and things like that. So it's some distance away. So the girls don't go to school because they have to carry the buckets on their head, etc. You know that story. Yeah. Um, what we do is we find a village that doesn't have access to clean water. We coordinate closely with the government. We've got excellent relationships with both the prime minister and the, uh, the governor of Mityana, uh, and, and they have a water district situation over there that they try very hard to help themselves. But they, it's, it's an overwhelming problem. And so we coordinate and find a village that needs a well. Now, what we don't do is go in and drill them a well and wish them well, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> we have to educate the people first because Africa is, is full of abandoned and broken wells that nobody sustained them, nobody took care of them. People from America expect the villagers to do that. We, you give them a, a brief little class on, on well maintenance and go about your business. Their, their tradition, their culture is far different than ours. Uh, American kids have grown up fixing, uh, working on jalopies and fixing cars and uh, taking things apart and stuff. That's not the, the system over there. And so we have to educate the people. We have to organize the people. And they have to put in some sweat equity. This is not a situation where we just, from America, come in and solve the problem and move on. 
because then they're going to expect someone from America to come in and solve the problem that's broken or the next problem. We want to educate the people to sustain what we do. So we teach them how what they're going to have to do, which is often clearing a road so we can get a, a, a rig in there. Uh, they're going to have to build a fence around it. We teach them how to use the water before we put the well in, because once the well is in, then people are going to say, oh, that's great. We'll just use the well, and if it breaks, you'll come back and fix it. We teach them, no, we'll come back, but, but you have an obligation to fix it. You have an obligation to maintain it and collect a few pennies. Uh, we set up a water committee, for example, ahead of time that they charge the people in the village to use the water. And the people in the village decide if there's a widow or somebody that can't afford it, then she gets free water. And the cost of, of the water is a, a nickel a month. Sometimes in a, in a wealthier village, it might be 20 cents a month. But some money is being put aside, maintained by the water committee in a very public way. So we have to teach them how to maintain records and stuff like that. So if some repairs are necessary, there is some funds available. So you can see already we're changing the culture before we even put the well in. Then once the well goes in, which is a matter of three or four days, the, the, the drilling of the well is fairly simple. That's the easiest part of it. It's changing the, the, the culture to sustain it that's, that's the, the critical issue. So let's go back because for a moment. I want to ask a couple of, of educational questions then. Sure. How do you go about educating a, a group within a community? I assume you're, you're talking about a village, so you're talking about a thousand people or so, roughly. Is that about the number? Right. Okay. And they've been out here for quite some time and they don't have much of an infrastructure. Do most of these people have a basic education? Do some of them have an education? How do you go about doing this education for maintenance of a, of a machine? Well, fortunately, most of them speak English to some degree because Uganda was an English colony. Right. Uh, that is the official language of the country. There are various tribes and various dialects and stuff like that. So we work with the local people. And, and who's the key contact in a local community like that? The Catholic priest. The Catholic priest <laughs> and, 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 the, and his brother, the Anglican priest, have everything organized. They have RCIA people. They have uh, intelligent organizations. Okay. They usually have a school. And so we've got a framework of responsible people that we can count on that aren't going to steal any money. You've got an okay? infrastructure then, already ready to go in, in the church right. there. Okay. And they can point out the reliable people. And so we work with the local church to support the local church and often put in the well very near or at the local church or the local school. And we would need a, a water committee of at least five people, of at least three women, all of whom have cell phones. There are cell phones are, are rather prevalent in rural Uganda, believe it or not. Landlines are very rare. Okay. And so uh, that way we can report. They can report to us. You know, we can check in by telephone and stuff like that. Then we get them organized and teach them to use the water wisely. It's wonderful to drink clean water, but if they use the water wisely for sanitation and hygiene, the, the, the benefit is multiplied fourfold. So there's an educational process that, that goes into that. But then we do a survey to make sure that the, the water is there, hydrological survey. And then we educate the people and get them organized into learning sanitation. If we're going to do what we call a healthy village, uh, which is a much more elaborate program, it's a much more thorough educational program. But just for even a restoration well or a, um, just drilling a well, we, we teach them how to use the water and, and make sure they are, are going to do that and are committed to that. And then we drill. Uh, they build the fence. They, there's a sweat equity that's involved in this. The entire village has to cooperate because everybody has to 
use the water wisely. If, if you're using the water wisely and the person next door is still not using it wisely and defecating near the well, it's, it's going to get polluted. And so we, we've had very, very, very good success by preparing properly before we drill. So a lot of this uh, then comes down to making sure that the village has adopted policies regarding some things as simple as, as human sanitation, human human waste. Right, right, right. And we have to change the culture to one of self-reliance. They cannot count on the government doing something. They cannot count on the, the people from America coming and doing something. The people from America will give them a hand up, not a handout, and then the people from America will supervise and help and educate, but it's their hot water, it's their wealth, it's their children that are dying, and they can make a change in their life. And what we're doing here is we're bringing them clean water, but more importantly, we're bringing them hope and self-reliance for the future. I, I sometimes come across old men who say, yes, the, the children drink the, the dirty water and they die, they get sick and they die. It's, it's, it's very sad. It's always been that way. And I want to tell them, no, yes, it's always been that way, so let's stop it. Let's do something different. You can do something different. And I'll tell you, uh, Pat's going to smile when she hears this, it's the women that step up, uh, as usual, and, and make things happen. You're not going to do that to my child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we're going to make a difference, we're going to make a difference for my child. That's that's very good. Right, right. Let me ask this then. If you were to receive a donation enough to empower a well, how long from receiving the donation to the water flowing, how long would it take to make that happen? Uh, depending on the weather and other conditions, uh, three to four months. And what we do is we put in a dedication plaque on that well that's permanent that tells the people uh, up who are using the water who the, the donor is. And we take photographs of that. We send video of that. We, we put it all into a table book, which we give to the donor that has the GPS coordinates. And you can actually zero in on your village on, on uh, with GPS with Google Earth. Yeah. So it's extremely verifiable. But it's, it's fast. It doesn't cost all that much, $6,000 for uh, a basic well. $12,000 for what we call the healthy village. And now we're doing a restoration program of repairing broken wells, of which there are hundreds of thousands, two wells for $6,000. It's verifiable and it's sustainable. It's an amazing thing to do. I re- I've gone to visit wells. You wanted stories. Here's a story. When we go out to a dedication with a donor, which isn't necessary, but it's a wonderful experience, we also visit several other wells in the community uh, without telling them we're coming. And I've gone to more than one village where the, the women are lined up with their buckets. Uh, they're chatting. This is a big social event. And uh, I will ask somebody, what do you know about the name of that person on the dedication plaque? And I've had women tell me, I, I really don't know anything about them. But, but I know they were or are great people because they had friends that cared enough to bring water. And every time we come here, we pray for them. Wow. That's, that's not a bad thing to have happen. No, and this is so, something that goes back thousands of years in our culture where – when, if you have a proper working well, it creates the community, and the community gathers around it. I mean, this if you, right, go, right. if you go back to John chapter 4, I want to say, with the woman at the well, the whole reason why mm-hmm. she was an outcast is because she couldn't come with the other women to the well, because the entire community gathered at the same time. That's where it becomes a, a, a social building site, and a good well will help not only then bring about a better, healthy village with children that are not getting sick from diseases that um, in the United States we don't even think about anymore, but you'd now have a, a healthier village. 
you were talking about a healthy village project. I, I'd like you to talk about that in a few minutes when we come back. But the bottom line is you're really creating a change to the entire village by doing this, aren't you? You're changing their way of life. You're, you're giving them hope. Uh, you're allowing half of the, the population, the girls, to go to school, which they're not able to go to school now. When I first went over there, I thought that was a, uh, you know, a cultural thing. Uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, the, the Muslim faith, of course, has a different attitude towards women and things like that. I, it, no, it's, it's just a practical thing. Somebody's got to walk miles and miles to bring back dirty water, which will then be boiled, which kills part of the disease. And who's going to do it? And the dirty jobs always go to the women, so they don't get to go to school. Wow. What a change. you imagine if, if, if women in America didn't go to school, what America would look like today? Yeah. Uh, it would be a, a, a totally different country. Yeah. And so we're increasing everything good by at least 50% when we educate our women. And in just simply bringing about a well that is near the local church or near the center of the village, the children don't have to, the women don't have to walk and they therefore can send their children to school. That's phenomenal. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. With me today are Patricia Doyle and uh, Pete Callahan. And Pete is the president of Wells of Life. And we've been talking about how this organization has been impacting the lives of thousands and thousands of Uganda villagers who otherwise would have been drinking dirty water and whose children at the rate of, of 20%, one out of five, uh, were, were dying, uh, from diseases that in the United States we, we have eliminated a long time ago. When we come back, I'd like to talk a little bit more about some of these other programs that you've got in here that are related to this. Adopting a village, donating a well, uh, the fund to wash program, restore an order, all these things that are able to, that people can get involved with. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio and we will be right back. Welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today is Patricia Doyle, who is an advisory board member for Wells of Life. And on the phone is Pete Callahan, who's an attorney in the Southern California area here in Orange County, or at least has been for 53 years, something like that. I remember it was, I think, the same number of years the Grinch was up on top of the... The mountain there, but either way, he's not practicing law as much anymore because he's been so very involved with the Wells of Life program. And so welcome back to both of you. We've been talking with especially Pete about what's been going on in Uganda. And Pete, I know you've been there now um, several times. And you were talking about, you were leading us through how a well gets placed into a village. So from start to finish, about three months or so, and a well can be put into a, a, a central location so it can be maintained. So in, it will last not just three years, but maybe 20 years. And you've got an infrastructure there you usually will plug into in these villages, usually through the Catholic Church or its equivalent, structure-wise anyway. But you've got other things that I see on your website that talk about ways to support that are related all to this, but they look like they're slightly different directions people can go. What is it to adopt a village? I understand what it is to donate a well, but what is it to adopt a village? Okay. A basic well costs $6,000, and every penny of that goes into the well. There's there's no overhead in there involved at all. And people like Pat, for example, put together a team to raise $6,000. We don't want to tell them that, you know, 20% of that or 15% of that is going to go to, to pay salaries and stuff like that. We tell them 
every penny that you raise for a well is going to go to drilling and, and maintenance of that particular well. That is phenomenal, and, really. Oh, I didn't believe it. Yeah. That, that's really, you know, I, I, the reason I got involved in this charity is I didn't believe it. I thought it was a lie. And I, and I was going to expose it as a lie because I've been ripped off by other charities. Yeah. And it doesn't make me happy. And so I went over there and saw the operation myself. And that every penny goes to the well. We've expanded that now to although the well is a start, which makes a tremendous difference that we talked about before, if we really want to change the arc of the thousand people that live in that village, we need to make it a healthy village. Now, that's going to cost $12,000 because there's a, a lengthy education program that we're going to have to invest probably uh, nine to 12 months in that village educating the people not only how to use the water, but how to use sanitation and hygiene concepts that make such a tremendous difference in their lives. Because when the women aren't spending, uh, I say women, girls, aren't carrying water and trying to clarify water, they bring this dirty water back and they boil it, but that kills about half of the, d- the disease. The other half still kills people. The whole village changes. The, the uh, women start a, a, a small little businesses on their own. And the whole concept, the village, a healthy village, if you go back five years later, it's totally different. The, the vibe, if you will, is totally different. It's alive, it's hopeful, it's enthusiastic. The girls are going to school. The village is, is coming to life. It, it, it makes a tremendous difference. So that's the Healthy Village Program. Uh, another program that we're doing is this uh, Operation Restoration, where we go to a village at, 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 that has a, a broken well. And uh, they, they, they're desperate for water, of course. They had a water before, and if anything is sadder than not having water, it's having water and then losing it. And they say, we need, we need a new well. And, and we start with, well, what's the matter with this rig right here? Well, it doesn't work. Well, why doesn't it work? We don't know. Well, what happened? What's the story? It's stopped. All right, well, that, that's, machines just don't stop. Let's, let's figure out what's the matter with this. Well, we'd, we'd like a new well. Well, I'd like to be younger, thinner, smarter, richer, a lot of things, but it's not going to happen, you know. you got a hole in the ground here, and there's water under there, at least there was at some point. Did the water dry up? Well, we don't know. Did the water go bad? Well, it, it just doesn't work. Well, let's find out why it doesn't work, okay? Yeah. Do you have a water committee? Well, no, what's the water committee? That's the people who are in charge of this well. Uh, who, who's in charge of this well? Well, nobody. Some people came from, from Belgium and, and drilled a well and left and... We haven't seen or heard from them since. And the well worked for about a year or two, and now it doesn't work anymore. We or start with organizing a water committee, people that are interested in care. There's a lot of bright, smart people over there. These right. people, I'll tell you, you wanted the story. The first well that I put in in my family, we went over there to see it. And I think I started to tell you that story before. And, and some uh, young man came up to me and said, you know, I really appreciate you bringing your, your young son and uh, – and uh, young wife to visit us here in Uganda. Uh, of course, that was my, my daughter and my grandson. <laughs> and uh, it, it, it probably cost you three times as much to fly over here as it did to put in this well. Right on. That's exactly the, the, the difference. But he said, the fact that you came here and, and let us thank you in person uh, means more to this village than, than actually even the water. Because people have come before and, and, and helped, tried to help us and given us things. Nobody follows up. Nobody comes in person. Nobody lets us thank them. I was really touched by that. Uh, I, and I wow. then realized what a difference we were actually making in their lives. This kid said, you know, now my sister, I can go to school. You know, I, I've lost a young brother that died. That's not going to happen, or much less likely to happen now. I mean, we're, we're not miracle workers, but we start miracles. 
we, we lay the groundwork for miracles to happen, and the miracles do happen. Well, and you're raising uh, a, a very important theological point without going into great detail. Jesus mm-hmm. came, but he didn't just come and, and put out a, a, a news release that he's here. He had to be received. <laughs> And right. his, the, it's in the reception that we have the encounter with Christ. It's not just in the news that he's here, but it only really takes place for real in the hearts of those who receive it. How can these people in the village really rejoice in you unless you come to be with them so that they are received? So you're, you're raising well, and, a very and, important point about what Christ did. And, and another, on that same line, you know, that the seed that sometimes falls on rocky ground and the sometimes it falls on good ground. The ground over there is very good. The people want to learn. They want to help. They want to be self-reliant. And if you're going to just come and give them a fish, you know, they'll, they'll be glad to eat the fish, you know. But they want to learn how to fish. They want to learn how to be self-reliant. And, and the young people don't particularly want to leave the village and go to the city. They, they want to stay and help their parents and their grandparents. It's a, it's a different world. Yeah. I really wish I could get you over there sometime. Uh, it would change your life. Uh, I guarantee you. I'm sure it would. I want to stay a little uh, bit longer with some of these ways that you're intervening in their lives. You have something called Fund a Wash program. What's that all about? That is uh, ties in with the healthy village. Wash stands for water access, sanitation, and hygiene, and that is a, a comprehensive change of the culture. It starts with changing the culture of water but it, it changes their entire culture into one of self-reliance and education and learning. Uh, and that's, as I say, that's the $12,000. Last year, I think we did 96 wells. We did 22 healthy villages. 96. Uh, wow. I'm sorry. Go ahead. 6,000 people for wow. 20 years. I had a, uh, a relative that said to me, you know, $6,000, that's a lot of money. Oh, it's all the way over in Africa. I, 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 you know, I'd rather spend the money here in America and, and do something that's, that's going to be good. I'd rather do a, a Thanksgiving dinner. And I said, okay, $6,000. You can probably feed 6,000 people a meal for Thanksgiving. And then they're going to have their, their tummies full that day, and the next day they're back to being hungry. If you give me that $6,000 and I put it into a well, they're going to have clean water for the next 20 years, 6,000 people, 10 glasses of water a day for 20 years. Do the arithmetic, and it comes out to millions. Would you rather give somebody a meal one day or millions of glasses of clean water? I didn't make that particular, quote, sale, end quote. But, <laughs> but you know, it, it, the difference is that I understand why people want to see where their money goes, and we encourage them to do that, and we try and show them where their money goes. Water yes. Warriors is a, is a monthly program that is a, a monthly giving program that is extremely important to us. You can text 56512 and, and enter the word water and, and make a donation on your phone anytime you want. But let me, let me do something if I can. Let me give you my personal cell phone. I would like anybody that's interested that's listening to call me and talk to me. Uh, and I promise I won't talk your leg off. But I want to talk about the power of dedicating a memorial well. Or, or setting up a healthy village to, to, to somebody that's alive right now in America. If you want to honor your parents, do it before they're gone if you can. But if not, do it now. Do it. Honor a teacher, a coach, a friend, a, a somebody. My name is Pete, P-E-T-E, Callahan, C-A-L-L-A-H-A-N. And my personal cell phone number is 714-264-5594. Say that number again, Pete. That. It's 714 714- Two six four five five nine four. Because I want to talk 
to people about the power of dedicating a, a memorial well or establishing a healthy village to honor somebody. We've been talking lately a lot about statues. You can put up a statue to, to your coach. You can dedicate a, a tree in a, in a park, maybe a park bench that somebody's going to come and sit on. Or you can give life to 6,000 people for, for 20 years. And, and I'll tell you what, at the end of that 20 years, it, it's not going to stop. You've lit a fire now that's going to, you've lit a torch that's of light of the darkness that's going to change people's lives for generations. Well, what's wonderful about your program, we're surrounded by lots of charities who are asking for money for this and money for that. And so much of it's overhead and very little of it is really what you end up seeing. And there are many good programs that are out there. This is a very specific program. It's very specific to the pro-life effort. You're trying to save the lives of children, people who are alive in Uganda today who won't be alive if they get sick from some of these uh, waterborne diseases that are prevalent throughout Uganda because of the sanitation issues that are present in a number of these rural villages. And what you've done is create a program that brings in not only the equipment and wells, as other people have done before. You said people from Belgium have come in there, and they swoop in, and they will put in a well, and then they swoop back out, and they have a well for a year or two until it breaks down. You come in, and you build a relationship with these people. You help educate these people, and they end up building their own system for maintaining the well so it's far more likely to have an impact for decades to come. That's how I see this as being such a revolutionary uh, system. When we come back, I want to talk about more practical ways and how people locally can be involved. I know, Patricia, you've been very involved in that. So stick around. We'll be right back to talk about how you can help bring water, clean water, and, and life-giving water to young children in Uganda. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio, and we will be right back. And welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. With me today has been Patricia Doyle, an advisory board member uh, for Wells of Life, and the president of Wells of Life, Pete Callahan. And before we go any further, I want to make sure I stop for a moment and say thank you very, very much for being on the program with us today and putting this opportunity out there for all the people in Southern California to be able to give life if they choose to do so. Uh, here is a charity that will take your money and every penny of it is going to go to what they say it's going to go to. $6,000 for a well, $6,000 goes into it and there's a well. And you're, you've got extensive documentation to demonstrate that that well is going up. Pete, you made the decision to stop lawyering and start giving back through this program. Thank you for that, but thank you for being with us today. And I know, Patricia, thank you so much for all that you do, especially because, Patricia, you represent, frankly, every person in Southern California. You're you're the mom at home. You're the RCIA person. You're involved in the parish. And you represent what the average person can do. I'm sorry. I don't have $6,000 I can just write a check for. Uh, there are some people who can do that. I'm not one of them. But I can help. So, Patricia, with that in mind, how 
would you recommend people that are interested who don't have a $6,000 um, bank account, how can they get involved to try to help this program out? There's several ways they can do that. And um, one of the ways is becoming a water warrior. If if we just look at buying a, a small bottle of water for a dollar at the grocery store, instead, if we think in terms of $30 a month, a dollar a day, uh, $60 a month, $2 a day, uh, $100 a month, if you can. When you put it in those terms and donate it to our Water Warrior program, it becomes life-saving because those are the things that build the funds to, to do wells. Right now, we are in the process, as Pete mentioned, of restoring wells because of the COVID situation instead of building new wells at the moment. That only costs $3,000. So for $3,000, we can still provide a village of 1,000 people clean water for 20 years. So the Water Warrior Program affects that a lot. And people are can text, uh, as Pete mentioned earlier, they can text 56512. Say that again. They can text 56512. 56512 is the texting. And then what's the word to put in? The easy word to remember, water. Water. All they have to do is type in water, and it will help them set up a donation for Wells of Life. If they're interested in lots more information, and we do have much more information that we can provide, uh, they can call 855-935-5763. That's our corporate office in Irvine. Say that number one more time. 855-935-5763. And that goes to our office in Irvine. And the people there will be more than happy, the volunteers and other people on the board to help you explore any opportunity you want to provide. I want to make I want to make sure we get those again before we leave today. I know they can also get information by going to your website. Wellsoflife.org. That's W E L L S O F L I F E dot O R G. Wellsoflife.org. And you can find all kinds of information there. You can also start preparing. We start in the fall to get a team together for our run for water. All right. How does that work? Every, usually in April in the spring or May, we have a one-day event, a Sunday event that we have teams from all over Orange County that come together, and they have been working together as a team. We have small corporations. We have families. We have high school groups. We have volunteer organizations that come together, and it is the power of those small donations that add up to usually providing at least 40 wells in this one-day event. So so what does the event actually entail? The event uh, is a 5K. Uh, You can walk it. You can run it. You can take your time. We provide you with water to drink. So if you get thirsty (laughs) there, we also provide you with just the energy and the sharing of our Christian values, that we see the face of Jesus in everyone. And that is seeing the face of Christ in those people in Uganda and providing that water. So it's a fun event. It's a, it's a coming together event. This is the third year that my RCIA classes, and every year we have a new class, my team, and every year our classes have been 100% on board. These are people 
coming into our Catholic faith. They're the future of our faith, and they see the value of social justice, and they see the value. They grow into loving Christ through loving each other, and part of loving each other is seeing the world vision. And every drop matters, every second counts when it comes to the children of Uganda. So for people, and every life is precious. Every life is precious. Listen, you're welcome to come and just sit under the shade tree and, and listen to the music, too. You don't have to walk. <laughs> That's true. If you don't want to walk and you don't want to run, you can come bring your chair, sit and enjoy some healthy water and enjoy the day because you will just get caught up in the enthusiasm, the energy, the faith, the sharing that goes on in that one-day event. It's that event that turned me on to becoming and forming my own team and bringing it into RCIA, and that was almost four years ago, and I haven't stopped since. So it was the run for water that really turned me into a water warrior. (laughs) Well, and what strikes me, again, is that there are so many different organizations and so many different fundraisers that people are allowed to or encouraged to be involved with. And here's one that actually saves lives physically. It doesn't just improve lives, though it does that too, obviously. But it saves lives. And then as a ripple effect, we're seeing more children go to to school, more women go to school. We're seeing healthier people for longer periods of time. And all of that comes from being able to be part of this program. It sounds wonderful. I'm so glad that you're able to do that. I'd also like to mention that When I first became involved in this, I had two very dear friends of mine who were suffering from cancer. Ultimately, both of them passed away from from cancer, and one of them had young children. And her husband and her children bought a memorial well for Sarah, and they one day hoped to go there and visit their well. But they wanted something that was ongoing to their mom, to their wife, as a tribute. And by purchasing a well... And they had friends help them donate to it, and they had family get together. And they feel like Sarah's well is ongoing, giving life to to those people, and that she's just looking down at them with joy. And my other friend's family did the same thing, and I had another dear friend who lost her son, unfortunately, tragically, and she bought a well because it just gives you that ongoing daily comfort that you are providing life to other people constantly. Pete, you gave up being a lawyer after 50 years of being a lawyer to do this. How has this impacted your life? It has changed my life, uh, the arc of my life, completely. I was a uh, a cradle Catholic. I was a cultural Catholic. And, And I went to Mass every Sunday. I wrote a lot of checks. My kids went to Catholic schools. I was a pretty good guy, Knights of Columbus, Knights of the Holy Sepulchre, et cetera, et cetera. And mostly it involved writing checks, candidly. And now, having gone over there and, and, and seeing myself what we can do if, if we just care enough to do it, I, I'm a committed Catholic. I remember um, we, there's a wow. wonderful priest over there that works with us on our advisory board, uh, Father Max Tisiwala. And uh, he told me that uh, he says that he's just sick and tired of, of baptizing children and then coming back uh, a couple of years later for their funeral. And he said, you know, the, the heaviest coffins are the smallest ones. Yeah. I said, wow, that's, that's an impactful quote. Can I, can I quote you on that, Father? He said, no, quote Ernest Hemingway. He's the one that wrote it. Wow. But, uh, but it's true, he said. I, uh, my, my heart weeps for the children, uh, that, that, that uh, we, we can save them. 
and, and they're so precious. And they, they're the future of the world. They're so precious, and, and they die so needlessly. But, now, you know, I've had, I've had women hand me their baby when I'm visiting a village that doesn't have a well and say, can you save my child? No, I'm not a doctor. I can't save your child. But I can get you water. I can, you know, will you work with me to use the water wisely? Yeah. And nobody's ever said no. Nobody's ever said no. <laughs> All they do is yeah. want to kiss my hand. And, and I say, don't, don't thank me. It's not me. It's, it's the people that I, whose, uh, whose shoulders I'm standing on that, that are our donors that care. It will change your life. It will change your life. Then one more time, for people who are interested in giving, they can go to the website, wellsoflife.org, W-E-L-L-S-O-F-L-I-F-E.org, wellsoflife.org, or they can text a donation to... They can text 56512. 56512. And type in the word water. And then if they want to make a phone call in order to get more information, they can call... eight. Five five nine three five five seven six three. Wow. Or they can contact me. And I'm at Pete at wellsoflife.org. And I'm all that's Pete at wellsoflife.org. And, or they can call me on my personal cell phone, 714-264-5594. And I'll answer any questions. And somebody, not today, but somebody should ask me the question. If every penny goes to the well, how do you pay your overhead? I'll be more than happy to answer that for him. But it's an amazing story. But it's taken care of, is what you're telling me. It is. By legacy donors. By legacy donors. That's fantastic. Pete and Patricia, I want to thank you so very much for being with us today. Pete, I'm going to ask you if you would be so kind as to lead us in a word of prayer for all the people who are listening today. Okay. Dear Lord, we give you our worries and our concerns, and we ask for your guidance. You see it all. The outer circumstances, the inner turmoil that we face every day. We know that you understand our lives. and Sometimes our hearts are heavy with trouble. And we lay these things before you, and we breathe in faith and the knowledge that we are held by your grace. And we breathe out knowing that we're held secure in your arms. You are truth. You are overflowing love. You are the beacon of hope and fortress. Help us help our brothers and sisters in such great need. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so once again, thank you, Patricia Doyle and Pete Callahan from Wells of Life for being with us today. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. And if you liked this broadcast, you can download its podcast from OCCatholic.com and go to the radio tab and under the radio tab you'll be able to find our program OC Catholic Radio and there you'll find the podcast for this just click on it or send it off to a friend again you're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio I'm Rick Howick and we will see you again next week